0: what has gotten in to the detroit tigers offense 32 runs over the last four games they take 2 of 3 down in texas let's talk about it today on locked on tigers you are locked on tigers your daily detroit tigers podcast it's part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm of course your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, August 29th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers, your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. That is, of course, including YouTube. Okay. We're back. What a what a weekend. What a weekend. Um a lot of off days. We got another off day tomorrow. Uh, we'll have a show for that one. I know the last couple of off days we didn't have shows. We'll have a show tomorrow. Um, we'll we'll try to make it fun and and talk about something cool. But uh, heck of a way to to go down to Texas. It's bitter, it's bigger in Texas, baby. It's bigger in Texas, and uh, the, yeah, the Tigers' offense thirty two runs over their last four games. Those run totals are on Wednesday. They put up six. And then Friday 6, yesterday, well, Saturday 11, and then Sunday 9. Sunday's game was, well, <laughs> it's it's never easy. Um, But we, we will talk about all these games because there is uh, quite a lot to take from it. The thing I want to start with, though, is just it's fun to win. It's fun to win. I've been uh, very much against the like tanking thing I do not I d I don't I'm I'm done with it. It hasn't gotten us anywhere. We've been doing it for seven years now. It's gotten us absolutely nowhere. I'm I'm tired of it. I'm done with it. Uh and and on top of that, I don't think this team in this current position is really it should really be trying to tank anyway. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that this is uh that this roster and, and where this organization is at should Should be in tank mode as is. Like I'm rooting for us to win out. We obviously won't. We'll come nowhere close to that. Uh, but that's every day I still want to win. I'm not in the oh, well, we might as well just lose out camp. I I I don't I don't subscribe to that anymore. Um, I never really did in baseball. That's a different conversation. We're gonna talk about that in the offseason, but that's it's never really been a thing in baseball, period. If you know the history of how well number one overall picks do historically. Uh, And if you know how much talent is found outside of the top five, 10 picks in the draft on a consistent basis, like it's just, it's not, there's too much development. There's too many steps to get to the majors. It's not, I I've never really subscribed to it. So let's, let's keep winning. And it's nice to win. It's really nice to win. It's fun to win baseball games. I was a, it was a, it was a fun weekend, even on Friday, even when the the tigers lost 6 to 7 at the hand of the rangers on friday even that game was fun i mean they made it close right they came back a little bit at the end they decided they wanted to to kind of they do that thing they always do which is make it a game and then fall up short but i don't know i it was a it was a fun series to watch because we were scoring a lot of runs and it's just it's it's so funny to me that even when this team is scoring a ton of runs it's not like they were crushing the baseball. Like I, th- this team might just not be able to, I actually, I think it's pretty safe to say we have like a month left in the season. Steam is unable to hit the ball consistently really hard. Um, and I know on Saturday, especially like they had a, a pretty lengthy amount of extra base hits and candy had a couple of homers and Haas had the big Homer and that's, that's more than we've been given in like the last month. So that's exaggerating, obviously. But it's uh, it's been a lot lot of, lot of hard hit balls this weekend in comparison to what we're used to. But it still wasn't like a clinic, you know, on, on how to hit a baseball hard and far. Like there was quite a few of those doubles were like, oh, the outfield shifted really far and it just kind of fell in. Or, oh, like they tried to throw the runner out at third. So you got to be able to advance the second. You know what I mean? It still wasn't uh a master class on on crushing the baseball but they they stationed to stationed and they did it really well for for the last they've done it really well for the last four games they've done it really really well and um they still don't hit well with runners in scoring position even when they put up nine on sunday they went like three for 12 or something with runners in scoring position like it's just that kind of stuff you know like the 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 problems aren't anywhere and this is obviously not sustainable and won't be sustained and and it's it's blatant that it's not it's not going to be a consistent thing but that doesn't make it any more enjoyable over the weekend um that doesn't make it any less fun to watch and to be honest with you it, it, it's about time that this team got a little lucky in in a season that has been filled with with no luck whatsoever you know it's about time this uh, This team got got a little lucky, so we'll we'll gladly take it. They drop Friday six to seven. Like I said, they make it kind of interesting late. Uh, Tyler Alexander starts this game and does not have a very good outing. All seven runs that the Rangers scored on Friday were scored in the first three innings, and all seven were off of Tyler Alexander. Um, Yeah, he he didn't look very good, And, and we've talked all season. Tyler Alexander's thing is missing barrels. He's not a bat misser, but he can miss barrels, and if he can keep the ball in the yard, then he can have pretty good outings. Um, and this one, he got hit really hard and, and did not miss very many barrels. A lot of balls over 100-mile-an-hour exit uh, His average exit velocity on his cutter, which was his most thrown pitch, was 107. Now, it got put in play three times. Those three were 105, 107, 109. The cutter, which is usually one of his best barrel-missing pitches because people think it's a fastball, and then it moves and gets off the end of the bat, or if it's a lefty, it goes in on the hands, was not fooling very many people uh, when they swung at it. He did get a few called strikes on the pitch, but when it was hit, it was hit very hard. Uh, The average exit velocity for the outing was over 91 miles an hour just didn't really have it five whiffs just didn't have the stuff. And and that's was kind of, I don't want to say bound to happen, but it was kind of bound to happen. Like there's only so much that this rotation that's so shallow and so injury filled and, and everything. The next man up was going to not be like a sub three ERA pitcher at some point. So kind of expected of for this to happen eventually, but the bullpen recovered really nicely. Garrett Hill, Jason Foley and Jose Cisnero all go shutout ball. Uh, Garrett Hill, I thought, looked really solid out of the pen. He was able to ri- to elevate the fastball, rise the fastball, and uh, it was a pretty good pitch for him. Not usually something we see out of him when he's a starter, but maybe was able to put a little more, uh, well, definitely was able to put a little more velocity on it than he usually does, whole mile an hour faster on average than we're used to from him. And uh, was able to, you know, get get people chasing fastballs high, which is usually kind of a power thrower thing. And then he did it a couple of times. So good on him. Um, Jason Foley continues to look good, continues to impress me. And Jose Cisnero had his first efficient outing in a while. I think that's up on Friday. That had been a couple outings in a row that I was uh, decently impressed by him. So solid game. Out of the bullpen, uh, Tyler Alexander, definitely the, the biggest factor in in why we lost uh, six runs for this team is is unbelievable, right? Like that's, just, that's uh, 10, 15 to, to a normal team. So really good performances. Riley Green we'll talk about at the end. Um, Javi Baez, Ofer on Friday. Harold Castro with a hit. We'll talk about him on Sunday as well uh Miggy plays Friday goes over Jamer Candelario with a hit, uh, with a double in this one. Yeah. I mean, Riley green Holbert in this one. And then, uh, he had a, he had a really, really solid weekend. It's starting to look like he might be turning a corner. So we'll talk about him on, uh, at the end of the show on Sunday, but yeah, Victor Reyes continues hitting as well. He has a 12 game hit streak after Sunday. I believe his OPS in the last few weeks is, well over 900 like he sees he's, look man this is we will take anything we can get <laughs> this is still a, a team with like one dude who has an OPS over 700 like we, we will gladly take anything we can get and uh, I know a lot of people not as much this season I think because just everyone's been so bad but like last the last few years uh, a lot of people used to give me a hard time whenever Victor Reyes would do something good and and I was never a Victor Reyes hater I was never like get this dude off my team he stinks but I was always of the camp that Victor Reyes was a fourth outfielder on a competitive team and the reason that he was starting for us and and got so many at bats over the last 3 4 years was Because this wasn't a competitive team. And this year, again, and and a team that has had such little offense, especially lately, he has really stepped up and and filled in a role and and is hitting like in the top part of this lineup because no one else can hit. So good on him. For real. Good on him. Um, Okay. Let's get into game number two. Then we will uh, get into game number three. (laughs) Believe it or not. Talk about Riley Griffithing at the end as well. He had a really big weekend as a whole. So we'll talk about that kind of in one conversation. But first, I got to talk to you guys about driving sober. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. It's never okay to drive stoned. If you feel different, you drive different. Like I said, uh, put yourself and others in danger. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind. The wheel. The truth is your reaction time slows way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Stop kidding yourself. You've been using marijuana. And if you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. As I said, if you feel different, you drive different. Drive high. Get a DUI. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Um, thanks for making us your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Okay. So game number two was the big offensive explosion. Tigers win this one 11 to two score in six of nine innings. Uh, only didn't score in the third, fourth, and seventh. Uh, just a, a, a I mean, masterclass offensive performance, and 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 look, like Dallas Keuchel started this game. Dallas Keuchel is has like a, a 12 ERA on the season. Like everywhere he's gone at the major league level, he has really struggled. He went five innings, eleven hits, seven earned runs, one walk, one strikeout. Like this is just a, a dude that is not what he once was. Uh, if if I had to imagine, I I would I would bet that this offseason he probably takes a long look in the mirror and and probably hangs him up uh, at least at, in the major league level in north america maybe he wants to go play for another league or something but i i just i can't imagine that he's going to keep throwing himself out there given the results from this year uh it's it's been really really rough and look the tigers took advantage and that's something that they haven't done and the biggest thing with this one was I don't want to say being patient necessarily. I mean they had three walks on the game and and Keichel only had one. But they really, really did well on his sinker and his changeup. Now the sinker was but those two pitches were put in play eighteen times. Right? The the sinker and the changeup combined were put in play eighteen times. Um and we put 25 balls in play total. So gives you a good idea. We were seeing those two pitches really well. Um, the changeup, especially I thought it, it wasn't necessarily that they were crushing the ball against the changeup or like this team can't crush a baseball. Like they, they don't, we're not going to see a, a, a outing where everybody on this team is, you know, average exit velocity is like 96 miles an hour as a team. Like that's just not going to happen. Uh, with, with this roster and this lineup, but they really saw the change up super well. And I, and I thought that that was historically, when Keiko was really, really good, that was a really plus pitch for him. And so obviously not as much anymore. They were sitting on it. It was really easy to see for them. Uh, Keiko used to be really good at doing like the sinker and change up tunneling. Right. So like you, you'd sit sinker. And it would come in at, at, you know, decently hot. He was never a flamethrower, but, you know, faster than he's throwing now. I think he's topping out at like 87, 88 these days. So a little bit harder than that. But um, and, and so you'd have that and then you'd have the change up, which would be, you know, 10, even 15 miles an hour slower, but taking the exact same path and the exact same shape a, a, as the sinker. And they they really were just able to they were all over it. They were all over both of them. And, and it wasn't uh uh, uh, effective as it was, and it hasn't been all year. So good on the Tigers for taking advantage of, um, a, a dude that everybody ha- has taken advantage of this year. That that is not something we often get to say. They they did what they were supposed to do, and that's a good thing. So, um, yeah, I mean everybody raked. Uh, I'm pretty sure. So Zach Short went over, but he did get on. He did draw a walk. So everybody got on base. And not only that, everyone but Zach Short had multiple hits on top of that. Eight of our nine hitters had two-plus hits. Just a, a, a offensive flurry. Uh, like I said, they weren't even crushing the baseball. Like, Dallas Keuchel's average exit velocity for his entire outing, right, which was 11 hits, seven earned runs, was 85.5 miles an hour. <laughs> Like they weren't smoking the baseball everywhere, but it was solid contact, and and it was it was in the air. It wasn't all just ground ball, seeing eye ground balls. It was it was solid contact liners that that found grass, and and that's at the end of the day, really all you need clearly to put up 11 runs. So, really, really solid performance. Uh, like I said earlier, Jamer homered on Saturday and Sunday. Eric Hosch homers. And this one as well on Saturday, he crushed that baseball. Um, Jamer had a double. Riley Green had a double. Willie had a double. Victor Reyes had a couple. It it was uh, very, very nice to see. It was refreshing. Again, even if they weren't like off the wall doubles or or, like deep into the gap and they kind of maybe rolled a little bit or just kind of blooped in and we had speed on the base pass. Like it was still nice to see not just a bunch of singles and, and a bunch of Well, it was nice to see runs. Let's just be honest about it. It was nice to see an offense score runs. So, uh, very pleased. Very, very fun game to watch. The big story in this one outside of the offense was Erod. Erod, his second game back, goes six innings, six hits, one earned run, three walks, two Ks. Uh, He got bailed out a lot by some double plays, right? He had a lot of crazy double plays. I think the Tigers this weekend had eight or nine double plays in the series. I, I mean... Just were were really twisted, <laughs> clearly. But the the thing with Erod, look, this was was not some masterclass performance by him. Um, average exit velocity was eighty five. I mean, like he, he only gave up one run. Like that's at the end of the day, all that really matters. But this was definitely a, a big time a, a pitch to contact outing. And again, he wasn't getting smoked. Like he he he. Provided some some pretty soft contact at time. Or at least not hard contact. Missing barrels for sure. Um, but really. Like he had two whiffs in the entire outing. He had two swings and misses. In the entire outing. That's obviously very very low. His CSW percentage was 21%. Again. Very very low. So, it, And three walks is pretty out of character for him. He, he's usually a dude that pounds the zone. So. It wasn't a a masterclass performance, but at the end of the day, he faced a bad team and only gave up one run, and that's all that matters. Gets a quality start. ERA down to 3-6 on the season. Um, I'm hoping – like the velocity is just still down across the board, so I'm hoping that with the velo will come more movement, and with the velo and movement will come more bat missing and even more barrel missing because that's always kind of been what his forte has been. Uh, really, really like elite level barrel missing. Um, so uh, I'm just hoping that as he gets more into a groove, it will uh, he'll he'll settle down and be that dude we paid him to be. Um, so yeah, not a not an unbelievable outing by any stretch, but good enough. And and we'll we'll gladly take it this year. We'll gladly take it. Will Vest looked phenomenal. That's the best Will Vest outing on Saturday that I have seen from him, and I would venture to say months. Uh, The command was great. The fastball was lively. He didn't miss with it high. uh, And the slider was fantastic. He was really on one. Joe Jimenez pitches Saturday. He looked good. Daniel Norris uh, gives up a nuke right at the beginning of his outing and then calms down and and actually looks pretty decent afterwards. So uh, pretty, pretty solid bullpen day. What one earned run in three innings. Not bad. And you put up 11, whatever. Okay, let's get into Sunday's game, and then we'll kind of do some general recaps of a couple of players, too, mostly Riley Green. But first, uh, these messages. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment three, third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Okay, uh, Sunday's game, Tigers win 9-8. to Uh it's it's never easy, right? I know Saturdays was pretty easy, but it's never easy. Oh <laughs> always gotta be something, man. The the bullpen, which has been nails all year in any circumstance, uh, then has to just implode at the end of the game. And notice I said bullpen and not just Gregory Soto, because it was a lot more than 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 just Greg, as it, you know, tends to be. And I, I'm not being an apologist. He was terrible. Um and, and I've made my opinion on on what his future is in this bullpen a plethora of times but certainly we're up nine to nine to nothing going into the bottom of the sixth right we're up nine to nothing going into bottom of six and we won nine to eight and greg gave up three of those eight uh alex lang will get into let's just start with the bullpen let's just get that out of the way actually we're already talking about it why not so gregory soto uh, was, was terrible. I mean, there's really no sugarcoating it. There's no way around it. He was not good. The command was uh really, really brutal and it cost him. And the thing is when he misses, right? Usually when Gregory Soto misses, he is missing either way outside or way low or like he just, you know, Plunks people like that's like when he's missing that he doesn't usually miss in the strike zone too terribly often. Now, when he does it, it causes first things like this to happen, but most of his, his misses are lead to walks or hit by pitches. This one was, was not that this was a lot of missing in the strikes. So and now he did have a walk in this one. Let's, you know, we're not, we're not going to leave that out. But he was missing in the strike zone really badly. And a trend we've kind of seen all year is when he stops throwing the sinker as much and tries to go to the four-seam fastball, that usually means that his command has gotten away from him and he is trying to just throw a straight pitch for a strike. And toward the end of this outing, he only threw 18 pitches, but toward the end of this outing, his sinker, which he had thrown more than any other pitch, slowly faded away, and he ended up throwing four four-seam four fastballs and five sliders. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, he, he didn't fool anybody. He had zero whiffs. He had three called strikes and zero whiffs on 18 pitches. I mean, he was fooling no one. They were all over it. Um, They, they really, really uh, – <laughs> no other way to put it. And he was missing spots in the strike zone he was missing heat over the middle he was trying to to paint something and it would miss inside and belt high like it was it was really not a good performance and that is why he ended up giving up three and runs uh alex lang also no command to speak of was terrible right i've been a pretty big advocate of alex lang for a long time um i I mean people remember I, I was one of Gregory Soto's biggest advocates last year and at the beginning of this year um there is no beating around the bush that that these two were were terrible on Sunday and um Alex Lang still has nasty enough stuff where it can bail him out sometimes like he just bounces curveballs before they even reach home plate and like people swing at like three of them because it's such a nasty pitch. So, like, he still gets two strikeouts, but a walk, three earned runs, and honestly, on on a bigger scale, we've talked about Greg Plenty and his command problems. That's not new, but in the first half of the season, I thought Alex Lang pleasantly surprised me because I warned everybody going into this season, this dude has unbelievably nasty stuff. You're all going to love him, but we need to be patient because he's going to get crazy wild at some times, and is still really working on his command. The first half of the season, he really pleasantly surprised me. His his command, I thought, was a lot better. There was still some lapses for sure, but as a whole, I was like, okay, this is. I'll gladly take this. Since the All Star break, it's been pretty rough. Uh, you can go back and, and and look at other episodes. I think almost every outing Lang has had over the last two weeks, three weeks, uh, I've. Pretty much said like, oh, the the command was a little rough today, but he roped his way out of it, or the command was rough, but you know, still love his stuff. It's been a, a a scope of a bigger issue was was Sunday, and and that is that Alex Lane's command has been pretty weak for a little bit now, so something to keep an eye out for for sure. Andrew Chafin looks phenomenal as he always does. His ERA is down to two nine one, and then Joe Jimenez in to close the door. Big boy work for Joe Jimenez. Um, yeah, he, he's been unbelievable this year. His ERA is almost down to three, two, um, Joe Jimenez look for, for as much as on deadline day, I know I talked about, there's really no reason he should be on this team and, and really went in on, on Avila's trade strategy. I I still believe all that. Um, but that being said, he's here and he has been phenomenal this season. One of the best storylines of the entire year for this team, honestly, uh, has been the resurgence of Joe Jimenez. So super, super uh, good to see him continue to, to do well. Drew Hutchinson started this game five and a third, four hits, two earned runs, two walks, three Ks. Had a shutout going into six and then gave up two solo homers. Um, this is like the best that we can expect out of Drew Hutchinson. Um, the... It was really a two-pitch outing for him. It was all fastball and slider, which we've seen at, at times for sure. Um, but look, I mean, he was—he doesn't miss bats. He had eight whiffs, which is decent. Seven called strikes is, is pretty low for five and a third. His CSW percentage was 17%. That's in 88 pitches, right? That's not missing a lot of bats and not getting a lot of called strikes at all. Um, So he's a pitch-to-contact guy, and for five innings, he was able to miss barrels. His average exit velocity, even with the two home runs in there, was 85 miles an hour. That's really solid, right? So really solid outing by by Drew, and he continues to be a guy that is giving us such valuable innings, and not valuable in the sense that they're providing like a, a, a pennant chase with this team, but valuable in that someone has to eat innings or else this bullpen is going to implode. And Drew has consistently gone four to six innings and kept us in every single game he's pitched for the last, what, two months? Drudgeson deserves a ton of credit, so just want to give him his flowers there. Uh, another offensive explosion, as the whole weekend was, nine runs on Sunday. Riley Green, two more hits. Victor Reyes, a couple more hits. Harold Castro, career-high five RBIs, bases-clearing double mixed in there. Uh, Kerry Carpenter, three hits. I thought that's the best at-bats he has taken in a while. He he started off really cold, and then he got really hot, and then he kind of has cooled down a little bit again. And I thought this weekend his his at-bats looked – well, the last, what, four games, his at-bats have looked a lot better – and uh, he, he just – when he is able to take low pitches, his success is drastically different. Drastically, right? When he's swinging at low pitches, he has a tendency to either drive into the ground or chase. That's when he he's getting a little ahead of himself, getting a little antsy. When he is taking those pitches, he is he, – he's a hitter, man. He really is a hitter. And and I hope that they keep playing him. I, I've said it a lot. I I think – that they should give him as much playing time as they possibly can the remainder of the season. There, there's no point in not, in my eyes. So, those are the games. Riley Green is what we're going to end on. We're going to end up. Oh, Jamer had a really nice weekend, too, just as a whole. Um, OPS up to 621 on the year. So, <laughs> um, but Riley Green's OPS is now up to 682, I believe, after Sunday on base percentage back over 300, slugging percentage slowly approaching 400 again, average right below 250 again. It's it's starting to, to to come back up. And and I know he also got off to a really hot start when he first came up and then after the first like 2 or 3 weeks, then for about a month, went into a really brutal cold stretch, a little over a month, went into a really brutal cold stretch. And to see him kind of get rejuvenated over the last four or five games and and start seeing the ball really well. I think he's on a six-game hit streak, and he is crushing the ball. Like a lot of multi-hit games in there as well. A lot of hard hit, a lot of extra base hits, which was the big thing when he first came up, right? Oh, he's getting hits, but none of them are extra base hits. He's starting to to get the timing down. He's starting to come around, and that's really awesome to see. And and if if you could give me one thing for the remainder of the season, one thing it would be that he continues to maintain this and and continues to see the ball really well hit the ball really well and, and keep raising his numbers that's above anything else except obviously health but performance wise above anything else for this team and these players the remainder of the year if you could only make me choose like one thing to have which is what really this whole season has felt like <laughs> I would just beg that Riley Green continues to hit really well, and and raises his numbers, and and is just at the end of the season we go okay, we're we're no longer worried about him. We're no longer like, oh, is he? You know, at what point do we get worried? When do we hit the panic button? Whatever. If I just want after game one sixty two, we're all calm and confident about Riley Green again, like we were when he first got called up. That that's my wish. All right, fun weekend, a lot of runs, a lot of winning. We'll gladly take it. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked On MLB Podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league wide podcast, lockdown On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the shortest Monday show we've had in a while. Most Mondays I go to like 40 minutes, but I, I was able to contain my thoughts in and, and this. Well, I said everything I wanted to say, but uh, I was able to, to keep it a little shorter. Okay. We have an off day today as you're listening to this. We have a uh, an off day on Monday. Like I said, we will have a show for that one. So there's uh, – I, I know, like I said at the beginning of the show, the last couple of off days – we haven't had shows, so uh, we will have a show. Not sure what it's going to be about, but it's going to be fun. I think what I'm just going to do a general kind of like sweep of organizational news and notes. We can maybe tap into the GM search a little bit, talk about uh, some minor league performances. I know, uh, as a lot of you know by now, that uh, Jackson Job made his high single-A debut, uh, Jace Young so far. Maybe just like a news and notes kind of catch-up show because we only really have time to talk about the games in, in on most days. So maybe we'll do that, but we'll figure it out regardless. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope, and I will catch you all on tomorrow. <laughs> Go Tigers, baby.